0: Welcome back to the Data-Driven Real Estate Podcast, the podcast for real estate professionals dedicated to driving business using data. I'm Aaron Norris, and along with co-host Sean O'Toole, CEO of Property Radar, this is episode 26, and we get to interview Fred. Fred is housed within the St. Louis Federal Reserve, and we are very excited to interview as we've been Longtime users and huge fans for a number of years. This week we've got Aveta Fortova. She is the manager of Fred and Fred family of products, including Alfred and GeoFred, which I didn't even know existed until this interview. We also have Maria Arias, who works on the Fred team developing and maintaining the data update process. Uh, the data process on hundreds of thousands of different data series. Uh, we cover everything on what that's like and the different data sets that are available, how they inspire everybody from a kindergartner to a PhD, how to explore the data and make sense of it and release their own research, and how you can even become a forecaster and get worldwide recognition. <laughs> you won't want to miss this week. So hey, Maria, Anivetta, we really appreciate you being here today. And I guess the question I want to start with is, Why data? What keeps you excited about this industry? What do you love?
1: Hello, Erin. Delighted to be here. Um, Just before we start, uh, we would like to say that the views expressed here are the views of our own and not the views of the the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis or the Federal Reserve System. Uh, But uh, data is very exciting uh, to us. And uh, we work uh, on a FRED team, uh, which is a team specializing in uh, dissemination of Federal Reserve economic data. And really, um, data is very unique because um, we really like uh, the fact that our website can deliver data service to users. And data uh, can mean stories. Because when you look at data, um, you can see trends in data, you can see when the data goes ups and downs, and uh, that o- always comes with an interesting story.
2: Agreed. I've been a long time, uh, Fred user, uh, you know, probably since it first launched. Uh, do you, when did it first launch?
3: Yeah, that's a really interesting story actually. Officially on the web, Fred launched in uh, 1991. But okay. the idea of Fred actually started in the early 60s. So the uh, research director at the time, his name was Homer uh, uh, Jones. He uh, wanted to share some uh, monetary data with other policymakers, but also with the uh, general public. And so he started disseminating a memo that contained these three data tables. And so for a long time, it was just like a memo that was Uh, updated of course like once people received it they wanted to keep uh, receiving it with an updated value every (laughs) every month or every week however often this was and uh, eventually in the uh, early 90s Fred became a uh, dial-up bulletin board and it's just grown from there.
2: Wow okay so I am not nearly as early as I I thought I was uh, on that.
0: And when you say grown, uh, can you describe sort of the vast amounts of data uh, in your library?
1: Yes, FRED has uh, definitely grown uh, uh, exponentially. We've, uh, as Maria said, in 1991, when FRED first started, we had uh, about 30 time series. And when you talk about time series, think about uh, unemployment rate or gross domestic product. Those are the type of time series that were available. And then um, uh, we've really, uh, with technologies and with a lot of automations, uh, in 2013, we've reached uh, reached our uh, milestone with uh, 100,000 series. And today, uh, we are almost at an 800,000 time series that uh, we continuously maintain and update in FRED.
2: Just again, I want to keep, a, like, a help orient our readers, right? So this is a, basically a service of the St. Louis Federal Reserve, right, that makes that makes that available. And it's at Fred. St. Tell, tell us where people go to access this if they haven't before.
3: Yeah, Fred is a data aggregator, which means that we get data from uh, public websites like government institutions, uh, international organizations and then some private institutions and academic resources. And uh, we keep that up to date in our uh, in our website. And so the way that uh, this works is we're putting all of this data in one place for users to be able to uh, combine and compare different time series from different sources. So for example, if you want to compare uh, employment growth and uh, economic growth using uh, payroll employment, and the gross domestic product, those are uh, both of those series are produced by different um, government agencies, the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the Bureau of uh, Economic Analysis. But in FRED, without leaving our website, you can plot both of those in a graph very quickly and then compare them immediately. And uh, again, for everyone who has not visited FRED yet, it's at uh, FRED.StLouisFed.org.
2: Perfect. Yeah, that's great. One of the other things that's, you know, you know, really impressive to me about it, and and it's not, I won't say it's perfect, right? Like, so, and and maybe you could talk about this, but you're getting this data from all these different sources, right? And now you're going to lay it on a chart and compare it. And that presents as a data guy that presents some real challenges, right? Are you getting the same time slices, you know, quarterly versus monthly versus annually, and um, how much of your work goes into just getting these things to align so that they, they work on a chart together?
1: So over years, we developed a process where the notion of the time series is uh, well-defined in our back end, And really it's all dependent on the frequency of the data. Uh, so you can have data uh, like interest rates, treasure interest rates who are published uh, with a a daily cadence, and the data is on a daily frequency. And then you can have data like labor markets, which are published by Bureau of Labor Statistics, and those data are monthly. And really, when all of this um, uh, gets put together uh, on our website, uh, users can combine these data together on a graph. And um, uh, there is a uh, kind of like a magic in the in the in the in the bag that happens that is able to translate that this data while it's uh, the treasury data while it's daily and the uh, labor data, which is monthly can uh, end up on one graph and uh, we have a highly interactive graphs uh, so users can uh, see their values and and download the the data from the graph and really that is what makes Fred very unique is the fact that. We are trying to provide this data service to public and and recognize the value in being able to uh, give up-to-date information to our users
3: and right and uh, yeah, uh, just to add a little bit onto that some of our uh, tools that we provide as well is uh, while you can add multiple series to the graph you can also edit the graph right then and there so for example if you want to compare Uh, like you mentioned, quarterly and monthly data, you can convert the monthly data to a quarterly frequency as well. And so that's all the calculations are all done in the background. And then you can pick if you want like an average for those um, monthly values converted to a quarterly frequency, or if you want a different type of aggregation, things like that. So it can really um, allow you to create uh, customized graphs for whatever your needs are, or whatever data you're interested in.
0: How does how did this line at the St. Louis Federal Reserve? I, are the other banks doing something similar, or they're just like St. Louis has got this?
1: <laughs> so, Fred Fred originated originated in St. Louis, and um, uh, we we are part of a research department. And as as Maria kind of deluded that really the in the sixties the big vision for Homer Jones, who was uh, who was a research director at that time he really um, liked the the vision of of allowing data to be available to public and uh really this product has since been organically evolving over years with with multiple other uh side products uh and creating this fret fret uh family of products so uh, Fred is the mainstream of the data, but then we have a mappable data in in GeoFred, and then we have also real time data in Alfred. So we are really trying to uh, capture as much um, as much uh, pieces and angles of the looking at the data as as possible.
3: It's, it's Somehow
2: was, I completely missed GeoFred. Like I've been a Fred user for I. I I can't tell you how many presentations of mine have at least one Fred chart in it, if not quite a few. So, um, but I completely missed GeoFred. I just found it this morning and uh, I, I only got a chance to play with it after Aaron mentioned it. And uh, so I don't know how I possibly uh, missed that. Uh, how long has that one been around? Uh,
1: quite a bit. Uh, we... And what GeoFred is just a way for users to see cross-sectional comparisons. So it's just a way of looking at the data on a map. Um, so comparing the states in, in the U.S., for example, and um, it, you're right, it, it was uh, developed on a side, and and maybe it was not as well as well uh, uh, provided to our users, but. Uh, we have been trying to, over the years, trying to incorporate the maps uh, on the Fred website um, um, uh, in a better way. So nowadays, if users um, would be able to, uh, would be able to see view map button next to their graphs, that's an indication that they can also examine and then analyze the data on the map. And in addition, we also provide globes, images of globes below the graph uh, in the related content section where users can also see data in GeoFRED. Got it.
2: Okay. Visualization. I was trying to do, I'm oh, sorry, Aaron, you go ahead.
0: Uh, visualizations are just very powerful. So I have a lot of playing to do. Um, I too have been a long-term use, user of FRED and as pulling together different data from different governmental agencies has been very tricky, and then I found Fred, and it was a godsend. I, I can't tell you how much time you guys have saved me over the years. Um, Sean, what we're, were fanboys, just to yeah, just to we're, so, yeah, we're definitely your fanboys. <laughs> Sean, I already asked Maria, I'm like, where can we get those sweatshirts?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, I totally want one.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, the Fred swag is available at the St. Louis, St. Louis Feds, uh, the Economy Museum. Unfortunately, it's closed right now, but as soon oh, as it sure. open. We're expecting to have an influx of Fred fans uh, coming uh, to get some Fred swag.
0: <laughs> I love it. How, many, how big is your team? Like when you're dealing with 800,000 time series, what kind of manpower does that take?
1: Uh, our team is, uh, is relatively small. We have uh, a team of about uh, 10 people. And they consist of the developers who are working on making sure our website functions properly and developing new features and new tools to Fred. And then the other part of our team are data engineers who specialize in uh, making sure our data and content in Fred is uh, uh, is up to date. And uh, uh, because Fred is... Uh, uh, so popular, we also have a lot of help outside of our team within the research department to um, help us with other other things uh, related to data and uh, and content.
0: Do you have any idea how many users are on your site? Any any specific time of year? Uh,
1: yes, our users. Uh, uh, Fluctuate, and we have uh, kind of like a seasonality in our uh, in our users, in our users, and uh, that is uh, that is uh, correlated a lot with uh, uh, education, with education and semesters at schools, because one of our um, core uh, users are uh, academia, professors, and students who utilize our product to learn about economy, money, and banking. Uh, Fred is in the textbooks for students to learn about data and do homework. Uh, but uh, uh, overall, we do have um, uh, over, uh, over millions of users annually that come to our sites uh, uh, from many countries um, and are hungry for data and for information about data and, what, and, and graphs.
3: Yeah. And uh, something that we think is uh, really cool about Fred users is at any point in time, we could have a person who is just now learning about economics. It's their first time looking at a graph as well as a PhD economist or, uh, even a Nobel prize winning economist on the website. So again, we try to make sure that our features are easy to use. The data is accessible for everyone to learn about, but also that we have tools that more, um, advanced users can take advantage of and also, um, you know, like everyone in between. So we're, again, really happy to, to hear when people really like our product and we try to keep developing new features for you guys out there who are uh, using it to collect the different data that you need.
2: I personally think it should be, uh, you know, there should be a whole class on it in high school maybe elementary school right like for every person before they're allowed to graduate before they're allowed to vote like they should know how to use fred like it would clean up half the uh the crazy ideas that i see on uh on facebook and twitter um and all the wrong-headed ideas out there because it's just such you know you can ask these questions rather than you know uh guess about them and it's just it's really an amazing resource
3: Right. Even taking uh, one step back, uh, we, uh, one of our core missions is to uh, promote data literacy. And uh, that's something that is uh, very important to us. So just going back to understanding, you know, what is the frequency of this data? What, is the, uh, what are the units? You know, how can you compare two different series? They have to be in the same units in order for you to compare apples to apples and not apples to oranges. So we work very closely with uh, another group in the research department, uh, that is the economic education group and they uh, create a lot of different materials from kindergarten all the way to high school and college level uh, educational resources for for uh, students out there and and uh, teaching assistant uh, teaching materials as well
2: really oh that's amazing i didn't know that that's that's great to hear
0: i'm gonna have to find links to that that sounds really cool Kin- kindergarten <laughs>
3: Yes, down to kindergarten. There are some uh, actually there are uh, stories that are read out loud. Uh, and so you could just sit your kid in front of a tablet and uh, play this story that teaches them a lesson about finance or, education or economics, things like that. Uh, and you I can find all of those one. resources at econlowdown.org.
2: <laughs> might have to start with that kindergarten one for my 18 year old and build your way up
0: that's amazing build his way up
2: yes <laughs> he's actually pretty good he's had to put up with me as his dad so he's not that bad <laughs> yeah somehow i don't think he's gotten away with a uh, scot free for
0: sure no yeah, uh, yeah. maria you have to deal with a lot on the on the back end and i i really want people to appreciate what it means uh, on, on the data side so what does your day to day look like when data is coming into the system how does that work
3: right so for Um, our process currently, a lot of it is automated. And so we have developed a a Python based uh, pipeline where we, when the data comes out, we reach out to the sources website, collect that data and, uh, process it and save it onto our database. And at that point it's, uh, available immediately on our website, but we have, um, a set of like notifications and things like that throughout the, throughout the day with these processes, making sure that everything is, uh, uh, the data is updating successfully, and if there are issues, we would go in and check each like specific data set or release to see what uh, what is happening. And then uh, this is kind of for like maybe 90% of our data is automated, updated in an automated way. And then we also uh, for, for some, like for the remainder of that, we either manually have to go and check to see if the data has updated on the sources website or um, uh, maybe we wait to receive an email from a subscription that the data is available, things like that. So there are a few kind of outliers out there that involve some sort of manual intervention to get the data updated. But kind of even before we get to that step, we, um, as we add new data to FRED, we have to add them to this uh, data pipeline. So that involves us um, as data engineers understanding uh, the data data and how the data is provided by this the particular source or the particular data set that we're adding so that we can process that data and kind of standardize uh, the data so that we can save it to our database.
0: Who decides what data gets to be featured in the app?
1: So for us, um, we have a long list of data requests that comes from various places, our users, um, uh, the data providers themselves who uh, would like their data added to Fred. And as we mentioned, our team is relatively lean. So um, what we do is we have internally um, uh, have a committee that uh, meets on a regular basis. And then uh, we, we select data that uh, we think are relevant to uh, our users and uh, they are Reliable as well from the originating sources uh, so that we uh, we can continuously provide new content to users and uh, and we can um, uh, We can we can give our users additional data to work with. So, for example, uh, recently uh, we have uh, added uh, a weekly pandemic unemployment claims, which has been uh, developed by uh, Uh, Department of Labor. And um, we have also worked on addition of uh, housing data from um, uh, from Optimal Blue and Realtor.com, which are also available on our website. So uh, anybody who's interested can go and find them. I
2: saw one on GeoFred. It was market hotness.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, it seems to be
2: a real estate uh, related.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a uh dataset from realtor.com as well. They have um a set of indicators that they uh define as uh, market hotness indicators. So it's uh different um, uh different topics that uh kind of like how many days a house has been or like average of how many days houses have been on the market in this region, things like that. And so that's um a data set that they put together and we publish in FRED.
2: On GeoFred. it had very few counties populated from what I saw yet. Is that still mm-hmm. just a work in progress? Is that the reason or did they just not have data on most of the country or do you know, any ideas there?
3: Yeah, so that's uh, we have their complete data set in FRED for the market hotness data. Uh, they have the, only the largest, uh, I, I don't know how many, I think it's the largest like 100 MSAs. And then I think the counties that are included in that data set are from those MSAs and surrounding areas as well. So it's not a county by county for the U.S. for this particular data set. But we do and I have happen
2: to pull down county. If I pulled down MSA, it probably would have filled in a little nicer for those MSAs, too, versus county. Right. It's like only when the MSA maps to the county would it work, right?
3: Uh, so, yeah, it would depend on what data they have available for that particular uh, data yeah. set. And okay. uh, yeah, I know that for that one in particular, it's just the the certain number of the largest MSAs and then those surrounding counties.
2: We have a lot of uh, data users, and and um, I want to come back to your your data pipeline, right? Um, so in that in for that data pipeline is you know I've used obviously the website and the graphical tools, right? Um, the folks that want to get access to raw data—is your data pipeline open source? Do you guys have an API to the raw data? What are the—is there any options there? Are they—they've got to go do all the same hard work you did?
3: Right. So the work that we do hopefully will make everyone else's work a lot easier. Uh, <laughs> we are doing the hard work of going to you know the census and the BLS and. Uh, all of these other organizations and parsing their data that is provided in different formats and putting it all in like one standardized format in Fred. And so for all of you who want to uh, maybe automate your workflows or things like that, we also have, uh, we have a Fred API and we also have an add-in for Excel that you could use. So that allows you to again uh, automate your workflows in different ways and combine it with the other data that you already have. So uh, if you like uh, programming for uh, the API in particular, you just have to create a free user account and request an API key. And there are third party uh, kind of wrappers or packages that are already out there that other people have created and they just kind of wrap around the FRED API and make it easier to use. Um, And then that's in addition to, you know, if you go to the FRED website, you can download the data as a CSV or an Excel file. Uh, and even if you've added multiple lines to the graph, if you download the data from that graph, it'll include all of the data that you have. Uh, so that's also another way that, that you could access the raw data.
1: Uh, and I've done then, all
2: the above. Love it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then, yeah, for the GeoFRED data as well, if you want to download all of the, say, like all of the county-level data for the entire U.S., that's uh, probably the best way to download all of that data is uh, through GeoFRED for that particular map.
2: And all the data itself, basically, at least as provided from you, is open source and people can use it in their applications and that kind of stuff. Are there license limitations at all?
1: So most of the data we have come from uh, governmental sources or uh, international org- organizations. So and they are public records. Public domain data, correct? But we do have a small percentage of data that comes with uh, uh, copyrights and uh, users will be able to identify those data because we have a node under the graph uh, that specifies what the copyright uh, uh, restrictions are and we also have uh, in a notes uh, what that means to the end user and uh, if they need uh, any additional um, Actions to utilize the data but overall, from the whole uh, scheme of uh, data we have in FRED, it's a small percentage of data.
0: I I liked, Iveta, uh, what you said about te- data telling stories. And part of that is what I like about data is there's a trust factor to it. It's, it's just the data. The data is the data. Data doesn't get political. It tells a story. Um, how important is the data vetting process when you consider new partners? Um, I was, I had no idea that you were pol- pulling in like a national association of realtors, which is an association group. Um, what does that data vetting cycle look like?
1: Uh, we, are, When we are looking on um, where, like what kind of sources uh, the data come from uh, we are, we are looking on, um, uh, how, how much data would be available to us and also how, um, what the data look like, how is the data constructed. Uh, if it's uh, data that is um, uh, academic data, uh, we are looking for uh, ways to see uh, whether there is some uh, peer review work and, or paper uh, that has been published uh, for construction of the data. And also, if there are um, ways that this data, how is the data disseminated? And also, in what way we, um, as a team, can maintain the data, which is also a big piece, uh, uh, because we are trying to look for ways of on getting the data in an automated way um, and cut down on the manual uh, manual work. So there are pieces of of, of that, and and. Um, Obviously, it also comes down with uh, private sources to uh, having uh, proper licensing agreements in place.
0: I know you've been on the research team before, so do the data sources come in and then your research team gets a list of all the new data sources and they dream up what's next? What uh, what triggers some of the research that uh, your team does?
1: So if within our um, within our team, we do uh, like our team does not do research. We are just solely uh, drink, uh breathing, and living from Fred.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but the the um, uh, economists who are uh, in the research department, uh, they they pretty much have um, of um, uh, really. A, choice in whatever they would like to publish and 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 write about and their process I'm not familiar with their process um, uh, in details but
0: that's okay I was just curious like I I can't imagine having access to 800,000 data series and you just wake up in the morning like hmm what combination am I going to put together today (laughs) that's amazing
2: so do either of you have any favorite uh, data series
3: it's uh it's hard to pick with uh so many of them. <laughs> uh but and I do you have can't a way to look
2: at it in the morning or when the new when the new drop comes that like, ooh, that's the one I want to see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we yeah, we definitely uh become kind of uh, a data nerds over the years working with with data and um there uh some some uh data are definitely uh uh interesting to talk about. Uh, For example, uh, we do have data in FRED uh, that um, is the longest series uh, that we publish. And it's a historical data for population of England that goes back to 1086. Uh, So it's really uh, depicting um, a plague that that impacted population and oh. then we have some really interesting uh, data uh, on um, orders of uh, sinks, kitchen sinks, and toilets uh, during uh, uh, industrialization period and the the peak in indoor plumbing uh, that has happened during that time uh, so really those are uh, those are are um, kind of like uh, nice to mentions, but really when it comes to favorites. Uh, it changes all the time because uh, we, d- data is really interesting uh, when there are trends and when there are changes in the data as you, as you dilute it to the, to the uh, spikes and drops in data. So really uh, looking at business cycles and seeing how the data changes with the business cycles or after the business cycles is, I think, the most, uh, imp- mo- most interesting part of looking, looking and analyzing the data.
0: Data is such a hard business too. And I'm sure as you've made more available, a lot of people are very demanding. I think one of my favorite series has always been migration. And especially with COVID, you hear a lot of, there's been a lot of talk in the real estate space and different data series to track not having to wait for a census. Um, Are you guys getting a lot of pressure to provide more series that are a lot more timely instead of waiting for government census and things of that nature?
3: Uh, we've seen a lot more demand for more, um, not not only more timely series, but also data that are more frequent or that up, have like a, a higher frequency. So say daily or weekly data instead of like quarterly or annual data. Um, and so uh, especially this year when You know, if you think about GDP and the state of the economy, you have to wait for the quarter to be finished and then one more month for the initial release of the previous quarter's GDP to come out, right? And as like things are changing in the country, it's hard to tell what the state of the economy is at that point. Uh, So we've definitely seen an increase in demand. Uh, Unfortunately, we're also kind of bound by, you know, we want to continue to provide high quality data to users and we can't just add everything right away either. And so um, it's it's been kind of uh, trying to see what the data providers are creating for like new releases. For example, the uh, census created a, um, uh, they created a experimental data set from their quarterly business formation data. They started calculating weekly business formation data and as soon as they started making that available, we added that to Fred in the summer or uh, early summer, late uh, spring, something like that. And so now there's this uh, weekly level uh, business formation statistics that has been really, really popular. Um,
2: is, is there, what's the geo granularity on that?
3: Um, that is available at the state level. I'm not sure if it's also available at the MSA level.
0: It's so yeah. funny, Sean. We were just talking about that with Doug Duncan.
2: I, doug duncan uh chief economist for uh fannie Mae, uh, was just uh was just saying that's the one data set he would most like to have uh right now, but really probably more down at the county or MSA level um well i'm going to have to dive into that one for sure and we'll have to share it with doug as well yeah. Um, yeah so out of you you know you you mentioned eight hundred thousand time series like give us give us some idea. You know, a guess is fine, but like, what's the fastest data set you're getting? You're not like a Bloomberg terminal where it's you know sub sub second updates on on stocks or anything like that. But the fastest is maybe daily, hourly, and then the worst is is annual, or is it is some of them even less often than that? Um,
1: are you ref- Are you referring to how quickly we can get the data to Fred? or what kind of data
2: we have? Well, I think there's two separate questions there. And let's do both. Let's do the first one is how often, right? So out of your 800,000, how many of those are annual versus quarterly versus monthly versus daily versus hourly, right? Just a guess. And then, and then, you know, she mentioned, uh, Maria mentioned the, uh, you know, some of these things have a month delay. And, And so both of those things are really interesting issues, right? Like, that I, I don't think people think enough about. We have to think about it a lot because we provide public records data on real estate, right? And in a small county, we might go get the data every other month, right? And in LA County, which is the largest in the, in the United States, right? We, we have stuff, you know, very, very quickly. So we get it daily and, you know, we usually have it published to our site within just a couple of days, versus Alpine County might get it every two months, still published to our site within a couple of days, but there's big differences there. So can you speak to that kind of distribution among your data sets?
1: The data we have in FRED are um, anywhere from daily, um, weekly, um, monthly, quarterly, semi-annual, annual, and then we have some five-year frequency data. And really the distribution among what kind of data we have in FRED uh, is uh, uh more or less we have mostly most data for on annual frequency and then it it comes goes down uh, from annual to quarterly um, monthly and daily so that is kind of like the distribution of the data we have in Fred but then there are also aspects of how um, how how the data updates so when we do our updates uh let's say Uh, that uh, um, employment data, um, the employment situation that is published by Bureau of Labor Statistics is published on the first Friday of every month. And um, it comes out um, around uh, 7.30 Central Time. So we really are trying to hit the the update process um, uh, immediately or minutes after the data is released. And then, uh, obviously, it depends on the, bit, on the size of the data itself. So if, if employment situation has a couple thousand series, it takes some time to uh, get all the new information into FRED. But we are trying to uh, uh, optimize our process to really get into within minutes or from what the actual uh, release of the data uh, happens. Uh, and then there are also uh, aspects of the data itself, so when the data is released uh, there are, there is the lack of the information because what happens is uh first Friday of the month, there is a publish a publication of the data, but actually the data that's published represents the the values for the previous month, and that that goes all all the way back down to the originating agencies who are uh, working on the on obtaining the underlying data and perhaps the micro data so they need time to get a, a good size uh, sample of the data which then allows them to model the data and make the aggregated values available um, so those uh in most data if we have in fred a uh, work on on this typical lag where uh, you're not going to see data for uh, december monthly data for December if the december isn 't over yet um, and it, And again, it comes back down to uh, you know the originating agencies uh, having time to prepare those uh, estimates. On the other hand, we also have uh, a little bit of uh, uh, advanced data or data that is forecasting that are looking into the future which uh, uh, users can also uh, also use to, to look at what the data will look like. And last but not least, uh, because all of this process of disseminating those data and publishing data uh, is really based on uh, a lot of times on surveys and on uh, incomplete samples, that's why agencies over time uh, as they are publishing new values, new monthly data. Let's say they are also going back and revising existing data. And uh, for that reason, we also have uh, Alfred, which is an archival Fred.
2: Yeah, That's interesting. Yeah, no, uh, and that was Alfred was another one I wasn't familiar with. And uh, you know, Aaron mentioned this morning when we were doing our our pregame, uh, uh, you know, prep and. Uh, you know, he mentioned that he had a data series that changed quite a, dramatically. You know, on one of the things that he was following, and uh, and he was able to find that the historical data on Alfred and and see uh, why you know see that difference. So that's that's pretty cool. That the archival piece too, valuable.
1: Yes, I think the the best example that we like to give is from uh, with gross domestic product. So if you think about gross domestic product, the the data itself um, uh, is a quarterly frequency data, but then the values are uh, annualized and then the data updates monthly and uh, then the their the values revised, could revise every month, and on top of that, there there is an annual revision that happens every year in summer, and on top of that, every three to five years there is a benchmark revision, which which may change uh, everything uh, under the GDP.
2: I did not know that. But wow, GDP doesn't mean anything. It's just a random guess. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding.
0: <laughs> I. Um, <laughs> Do you find that your work has inspired states to get a little bit more serious about collecting data? Um, I I noticed just in California, as an example, in the last year, I've noticed a lot of data collection sort of budget line items in legislation talking about digitizing and starting to track things. And can can you point to some of your work being so helpful that states are like, we got to up our data game?
3: We would like to think that we inspire uh, other government and uh, public institutions to improve their data collection. Uh, in some cases, where especially like smaller government institutions have reached out to us about, uh, you know, having their their data in Fred, and it's not necessarily available in a machine-readable form, we've been able to work with uh, with them, and even some. Uh, of the academic data that we've added that seems uh, to be pretty popular in Fred. um, We've been able to work with them to uh, help them put their data, make their data available on their website in in an easier form for us to parse but also for other people so like machine readable forms, uh, standardized uh, tables, things like that. Um, And so we have seen a little bit of that uh, but we uh, don't work with like we don't work with every government institution out there that we collect the data from because again all of this data is publicly available So we just uh, collect it from their website but Personally, we would yeah. uh, really hope that uh, more and more uh, especially smaller uh, government entities to collect their data and make their data publicly available in an easy format because it's not only for us to provide a service for other users, but also, um, you know, everyone around them and in, in your communities, you know, you know, what's important to your community and you know, what industries, uh, are, what drive the community forward, things like that. And so if the governments, local governments were able to help collect that data and make that data more available, it would be easier to also analyze the state of the economy and these, uh, Kind of smaller geographical regions like you were talking about earlier. It's really nice to have county-level data. It would be even nicer to have it at a smaller geographical level for everyone who's uh, doing research and uh, trying to understand what's happening.
2: Our, our company, the, the one that sponsors the data-driven real estate podcast, Property Radar, really only exists because of how difficult it is to get public records data on real estate, assessors data, recorder data, you know, et cetera. And I would, it would, it would make me so happy to shut this company down because the data was directly available um, on an easier format. Like out of all the things that we spend money on as a government, you hear billion dollars here, billion dollars there, like why your group and the groups at all these different levels aren't funded to the tunes of billions of dollars. Um, You know, I I have to say I was a little dismayed to hear how small your team was and I kudos for what you guys accomplished with that team. But um, you know, if you ever need somebody to like, you know, write a letter on why you should get more funding, like you can, you can count me in.
0: Yeah, the the actionable side of data. I I serve on the county board for two one one out here, and you know a lot of counties will do a. What study. is two one one, Aaron? Oh, sorry, two one one is a health and human services hotline. <laughs> it's it's nationwide. Uh, it's sort of like the four one one for help. It's it has a lot of nonprofit data, government assistance programs, and I think why I joined was the data is that you don't have to wait a year for to spend a hundred thousand dollars on what people need in the community. This two-on-one hotline is tracking the need. So, thirty percent of the the need in our community for the last three years has been consistently been housing. You don't need to spend hundred thousand dollars and wait a year. It's it's almost immediate. So, it's it's data does tell a story, and sometimes it's really important because government entities can redirect resources where it's needed instead of wasting time and you're a, a year late. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm just curious, what are some of the data that uh, you're most excited about in the last few years that you've seen cross your desk that you wish people knew about?
3: So since- so 800,000, yeah. we may have stopped them. There's too many. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what we've added this year. Um, something that we did add this year and it's uh, real estate related, so I definitely wanted to bring it up, is the um, optimal blue mortgage market indices. So, they have um, mortgage data that is broken down by different uh, FICO scores and by different types of loans. So, that's uh, again another private institution that reached out to us to uh, have their data added to FRED, and um, it's, uh, it was added this year. But then uh, we also have uh, some other, like Yvette mentioned, the weekly pandemics claim, pandemic claims data. That was a really interesting one. We also added uh, daily. Um, FOMC target rates that were uh, digitized by uh, one of our economists at the St. Louis Fed and some of his co-authors, going back to the uh, early 1900s. So now you can get um, like FOMC target rates starting uh, 1900s, and then like slowly put the time series together up until present day. Um, and then uh, what else? Oh, there's a, uh, another one by the uh, a group of economists as well, and then this is going back to of some of the changes that we've seen this year of more demand for high frequency data is um, a group of uh, economists created the weekly economic index uh, by last names of Lewis Mertens and Stock and uh, this is a uh, kind of like a a nowcast but not necessarily a nowcast per se but they combine several high frequency uh, data that are uh, available at the uh, national level and uh, they create like a gdp forecast more or less at the weekly level and that is actually updated twice in a week Uh, and so that's uh, been really interesting to see as well and again just kind of making um the um kind of having like a more frequent update of a state of the economy and uh uh keeping that conversation going
0: is it? I, I haven't looked yet. Um, Humda data. I know as a, I'm a, I have my mortgage license, and the amount of detail that uh, the CFPB has mandated that we start collecting at the loan level is quite expansive. Is that available on on Fred yet?
1: Uh, we do not have Humda data uh, in Fred. Uh,
0: mm, okay.
1: But I would say for anybody who's interested to learn about what data we have added to Fred we would recommend uh, to sign up for Fred newsletter, uh, which is in the uh, bottom of our web uh, pages. And um, we let users know uh, what new changes in data and what new data we added that way.
3: And new features okay, as well. Yeah,
2: right there, that's, that's, that's my tip of the whole podcast, right? Like, because I've been a Fred user forever and I'm not signed up and I don't know why. So <laughs> I'm signing up right now. <laughs>
0: I'll make sure to post some extra links too, to make sure on the show notes that people can find this stuff really easy. So I think in the real estate space, there's a lot of um, like exploring different economies and, and maybe some people, they've never approached Fred before. And so maybe we can give a little bit more industry specific. And I know this is your personal opinion. If you were going to explore a state that you didn't live in and you were interested in the you know, the economy, real estate, I don't know. What kind of things would you explore in Fred that people might not know exist?
1: So d- definitely uh, for someone who is new to Fred, we would say uh, to go and try to search for information and see what kind of data we have available for, uh, for given states or MSAs or counties um, on the regional level. We um, and they will uh, quickly realize that uh, we do have a lot of uh, major economic indicators like uh, labor data and uh, gross domestic product, but then we also have uh, data on um, pro- uh, property prices like house price indices, and um, we have rates on uh, um, mortgage rates. So there's really a wealth of information available, and it's uh, um, it's uh, really matter for people to go and and try it and see what we have, um, you know, from housing stars and um, Mm -hmm. consumer price index uh, to prices and wages. And it's kind of like uh, when you go shopping and you feel like uh, you've really got a good bargain at the end of the day. So that's really what we are trying to uh, give users with Fred.
3: Right, and then uh, I would just add on to that that if you find uh, some graphs that you find really interesting or that you would like to come back to, uh, this is just kind of a plug for some very useful Fred features. And uh, especially if you don't have a Fred user account yet, uh, right at the bottom of of the graph, you can save graphs to your user account. but then you can also add graphs to a dashboard. So as you add graphs of, say, a similar topic that you are saving to your user account, you can also put all of those Uh, graphs or maps onto a dashboard and add other like snippets like notes or like a single number or something like that. Um, And then all of these graphs can be saved so that they are updated automatically. So the next time the data comes out, you just go back to your dashboard or to your saved graph and the data is automatically updated for that. Uh, So this is a very useful feature that uh, if you're not familiar with Fred or if you don't have a user account, I highly recommend you check out especially, again, if you have these uh, kind of several graphs or indicators that you like to go back to. And then together with that, you can make your dashboards public and share them with your colleagues or share them with um, other people in the industry to just, uh, again, simplify sharing data and uh, sharing uh, content.
2: Love it. You know, one thing I haven't looked at and I'll just ask is, can you embed – can you get like an embed code for those graphs so you can embed them in a website or whatever so that they're constantly up- updated on your site as well?
3: Yes. yes. Uh, just below the graph, uh, there are uh, some share links and uh, account tools. So under the account tools, that's where you can save those to your account. But then the share links, you can share a URL to a graph. And uh, so whatever modifications you've made to the graph and you share that uh, using the URL provided under that button, Ah, uh, the person who accesses that will see exactly the graph that you created. And then same with the embed code, it uh, we provide like a pre-created snippet that you could just put onto your website and embed it that way.
2: What of my uh, you know w- one of the things I really like is the the bars that show recessions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, excuse me here if I like don't know in terms of those bars that kind of underlie, right? Recessions is. Is that the only one, or are there some others?
1: We only have recessions at this point on the graphs. Um, and um, uh, there are other ways uh, you, can, uh, you, you can take those recessions off from the graph if, uh, if uh, uh, there is no need for them. Uh, but uh, we also have a way to manipulate the data within the graph itself. So, for example, uh, if you have a if you have a data, you can uh, then uh, index the data to a different time of the year uh, or a different period in time, and and it will set the values to a hundred at a given period, and then you can see right. changes to the uh, in the data. So that is uh, also one way how uh, someone can kind of uh, take the data and and um, uh, make it work to um, whatever they are trying to uh, save at the data.
2: I want to just expand on that a little bit to make sure our, our folks understand, right? So, sometimes you get these data sets that are wildly different in their values, right? Instead, in some, you know, one way to do that in charts is to show one value on this side, and one value on this side. But when you're looking at the relative change over time, you guys allow you to set a, a date at which you basically normalize them all and then you can see how the they change relative to each other from that, even if they have completely different uh, scales and that's a super useful tool. I gotta say the, the one thing that I do a fair bit is, is, is underlie those events besides recessions, right? Like um, one of the things that, that folks in the real estate community worry about a lot is changes in administration. And changes in the makeup, excuse me, of the, uh, you know, like the House and the Senate, right? So, like everybody obviously is worried right now about this or thinking about this Senate race in uh, Georgia. And um, sorry, Um, and uh, so one of the most interesting ones I've done over over the times is I go back and kind of like your recession bars. I you know, it's. Republican versus Democratic president, right? And then a divided Congress versus, you know, the same Congress and is it all three or is it one and two? Like that, like I would love some more of those, you know, different things. That that particular one, uh, you know, uh, administration would be great, but I'd love to see some more like that because I do think that's a really, you know, a really cool feature.
1: Yeah that sounds really interesting so and thank you for the suggestions a suggestion we can uh we can look on um um what what it will look like and how we can um how we can approach to have a better options for users and then maybe have ways for um displaying different administrations as you said and one more thing that i also wanted to add is that um if 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 it needs to be, users can create draw lines on the graph as well. So there is a way to create uh, user-defined lines. So that is probably the closest we can get you with the uh, with the situations you are facing. Uh, but definitely, uh, it's a it's a place for improvement for us. So thank you.
2: You were eye-opening to me on uh, on. Uh, you know what we think about uh, in terms of which party's fiscally conservative and which one isn't <laughs> it was not what i expected
0: <laughs> and it, and it's good to tell that story in data it makes it less political well maybe it doesn't <laughs> but if if you're real estate in real estate and you've never explored some of the tools i really like the recession because when you go into an area and you can see a recession and how that local economy uh unemployment, uh, household income, median price, uh, really fared through like a recession. It's really interesting to drill down as you're sort of making moves or you're helping clients that want to move out of state and they're exploring a new area. I just, the easiest thing to do is go on the website and type in the name of a county and just start playing and see all the different data series that are available. It's, it's almost overwhelming. <laughs> just have to get in there and explore it. Sean, do you have any other favorite ones that you use?
2: Oh, you know, the biggest one I use the most often is I look at the different types of of debt, right? So mortgage debt, corporate debt, um, total, you know, the the uh, federal debt, um, you know, et cetera. A student debt is just a student debt. That chart is really scary bad. Like, you know, especially if you take all of those different types of debt and put them at 100, you know, say in... in uh, 2000 and look at how they change over time. It's we clearly have a huge student debt problem. And I know you guys probably can't comment on a, on, on those things, but, uh, that's, that's probably one of my favorites that I look at the most. Hmm.
0: Well, we are about out of time. I'm trying to think if there's any other things that we should, uh, cover, like maybe new features that you're working on that you can share.
1: So we are working on, um, uh, working on surprises for 2021 um, uh, next surprises. year fred is uh, going to be 30 years old uh so uh we are going to be looking in some ways how we can um make fred more mature looking uh but uh, there are definitely uh, going to be more data added throughout next year uh so um that comes uh that we try to do that on a regular basis so so that uh uh we don't lose interest in you guys <laughs> and uh and other uh other aspects we are we are going to try to look at is uh we would like to uh improve our search abilities in fred and we are looking into um ways how we can expand uh on uh providing users with some industry breakdown uh on the data
0: sort of categorize things in in buckets or something
2: I would love, uh, I mean, with 800,000, this is a big ask, but like um, a little deeper descriptions on each one, um, you know, because a lot of times you'll see like, you know, you'll type something in that you're interested in, you know, inflation or whatever, and there's 30 or 40 time series. And you're like, oh my gosh, which one of these do I use? I just wanted this simple thing. And it's it that, that piece, the number, I mean, the number of series can sometimes get a little overwhelming in terms of which one should I use. So yeah. Any any suggestions there on how best to to parse that when you get and you're like, oh my gosh, there's 30 ways to look at mortgage debt or, you know, whatever. Like any any suggestions there on how people can get to the right one and not make bad decisions?
1: Uh we one of the things we try to do in um in our search is to really um work the most popular and relevant series to the top of the search results. So for uh, novice users, that may be an easy way to, to know that um, based on their search, that the, 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 the series one. at the top are, are going to be the, the, the best to use. Uh, and also uh, we try to provide additional filtering options on the side of the uh, of the data and uh, to subset the searches. but if all else fails uh, we really uh, and there's really not a good description in the data we really try to um, ask users to see if they will be able to go back to the originating source and 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 see if if there they have uh, some other descriptions uh, to to make the decision of which series is better.
2: I do that a lot. I go and I'll, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's an amazing chance to learn, right? Cause you see others, oh, these different ways of looking at it. And so then I'll take the time to go research those different ways. And I come out smarter at the end of the day. So it's not, it's not all, all bad. The approach you take and Google's your friend on that, right. And Wikipedia and, and those things for sure. So Um, great.
3: Right. And, uh, part of the filtering options as well is if, uh, you can filter by source. And so if you know, you want say inflation or consumer prices by a particular source, you can filter by source. And that would sometimes help you, uh, find, find the right one or close to what you're looking for.
2: What else did we not cover that you guys would like to, to share or mention before we wrap up?
1: Um, I would say for anybody who is uh, interested to do uh, some playing with the data, we didn't mention that we also have a forecasting game called Fredcast. What's and <laughs> <laughs> if you have a user account, you also have access to Fredcast. And what it is is users can um, be part of a public league and they can set up their own leagues uh, and they can create forecasts for four uh, economic indicators. Uh, they can forecast unemployment rate, GDP, uh, payroll employments, and uh, inflation as a CPI growth. And every, every month, uh, the score gets uh, calculated, and then you're ranked among uh, other people playing, and you can see how good um, you have scored and what your uh average error is towards other players
3: you earn public recognition and also earn badges so it's pretty fun i'm all about the badge (laughs) i
2: was a boy scout so i had lots of badges (laughs) that's amazing i'm so glad you brought
0: that up maria do you have anything else you'd like to add
3: uh just uh go in there and search for whether it's your topic that you're interested or the region in the country or the world that you're interested in and see what you can find. Um, yeah, there's lots of different ways to uh, search for data in Fred right under the big search bar. And, uh, in the middle, there's also a release calendar. So you can see what data releases are scheduled to be released, uh, th- today or this week. And then, uh, you can also search by category. So that's kind of all of the data in Fred are grouped into different categories. And that's also a good, a good way if you're interested in a particular topic to kind of go down the different, uh, breakdowns of the data.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a lot of fun.
3: Thank you so much for having us. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And like I said, we're definitely fans, so keep up the good work.
0: Thank you for listening to the Data-Driven Real Estate Podcast. You can find show notes and links to some of the resources mentioned in the show at datadrivenrealestate.com. Click that, join the community, and you'll be forwarded to the Property Radar community where you can ask questions about the current show and even see upcoming guests and ask questions there. We'd love to engage with you in the community, so check it out. Please don't forget to like, favorite, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform where you're listening to the show. It helps us out a great deal. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.